I just hit that just for a second. I can't, look, I never get off that. You know that. You realize failure is not an option? Amen. Just wrap your head around that. Failure is not an option. God can't fail, Ed, then failure is not an option. Why? Because God lives on the inside of you. Oh, man. You realize God put His Holy Spirit on the inside of you. He didn't only put Him in you, but He put Him upon you, too. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. But when you realize that the Creator of the heavens and the earth lives on the inside of you, and then puts His Spirit upon you to do something. I said to do something. Oh, boy. It's not just be frozen and chosen your whole life. It's to do something. Come on. Why? Because God's got work to do in the earth. I said, the boss of the boss has got work to do in the earth, and he needs you and me. Come on, somebody. I said, he needs you and me. We need God, but God needs us. Oh, boy. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Well, I I just thought I was going to sit my lazy boy and eat Cheetos my whole life. (laughs) Wear stretchy pants around. You shouldn't even wear stretchy pants in your living room. Amen. (laughs) It's embarrassing. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 7. That's the New Testament of the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. John chapter 7. If you don't have it, it's okay. They'll put it on the screens. Everybody doing good? I said, everybody doing good? You better be. You're in God's presence. Oh, man. I said, you better be. You're in God's presence. You know, I find out you get in God's presence, everything changes. I said, everything changes. Oh, man. You know, for a long time, I could never figure out why. Say you two right here. You could come to church. And you could come to church. And you receive something from God, and you don't get nothing. Right? No, don't worry. God's going to give you something. Amen? I'll just use that as an example. For the longest time, I thought, what in the world? God, you say you're no respecter of persons. Then what's the deal? No, I realized that it's up to us to engage with God. It's up to us to come to church hungry and thirsty. And I'm not just talking about beating the Baptist to the buffet. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the spiritual buffet here. I'm talking about it's up to us. I found out it doesn't, it's not up to God to determine how much we get in this life. It's up to us. He said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Oh, boy, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. He said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. It's not a filling problem. It's up to you with an appetite problem. Oh, baby. Ed, I'll take that one Holy Ghost grunt. I said, it's an appetite thing. Well, I just wish God would give me more of him. More of you, Jesus. No, 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 no. God's given you all he's going to give. It's up to you to say, God, I'm hungry for you. I'm thirsty for you. God, I want to get in your presence. I'm going to worship you today. I'm going to praise you today. God, I'm going to get my Bible open. I'm going to get my mouth open. Come on, somebody. I'm going to get in God's presence even when I don't feel like it. If you went by feelings all the time, 90% of y'all wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. You'd still be laying in your stretchy pants. Like some of the people on the other side of camera. Amen. No, I'm teasing, you know. Just kidding. I had to throw it in there, a little jab. If we went by our feelings, John, we wouldn't do anything. Come on. Hit that snooze button. About the only thing we do is say, honey, go get me a coffee. Amen. No, I'm teasing. That's a good way to get flattened on Valentine's Day. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
I just laugh at myself. The Bible says to encourage yourself. Amen? No, I'm teasing. No, here's what I found out. It's up to us to be hungry and thirsty for the things of God. So let me ask you today, are you hungry and are you thirsty? I was telling Nate, we driving by the last night, I said, Nate, I've purposed in my mind to be more hungry and thirsty for the things of God this year than I've ever been before. He said, what does that look like? I said, well, since being here, I'm not bragging. Don't hear what I'm saying. I'm just talking about what I'm doing to engage with God. I've read through half of the Bible since January 1. And I don't just like have time to lay around all day and read the Bible. Most of the time it's sacrificing hours at nighttime. You don't believe me? We got a two-week-old and a two-year-old. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness, parents? I say, can I get a witness, parents? That little baby Levi George, he eyed up that pizza and wings last night. I said, son, you're on a stealthy diet of milk for a while. Amen? Ain't no pizza and wings in your future for a minute. Now, Lorelai, on the other hand, she joined right in a party. Chicken wing in one hand, piece of pizza. She's Pentecostal. Come on, somebody. We don't drink, we don't smoke, but we get down when it's time to eat. Come on, somebody. Let the church say amen. Nehemiah chapter 8. <laughs> no, what I found out is those who hunger and thirst for righteousness should get filled. I find out it's just as true in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, where God said to Joshua to meditate on his word day and night. Now let the word depart from his. Oh, boy. Depart from his then he would make his way prosperous and have good success. Where you go in this life isn't anybody else's responsibility but your own. Don't shout me down, I'm preaching good. Come on, that late great theologian Michael Jackson said it. Don't make me sing it. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Come on. Oh, don't get sacrilegious. I'm gonna... Chase all the religious demons out at once. Come on, somebody. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. If you want to make the world a better place. Oh, don't make, I did that moonwalk on everybody. Come on, somebody. You all ain't never seen me on a cruise ship. Come on, somebody. I get them white pants on. Come on. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Oh, my wife's like, he's not kidding. Jesus, help us. No. Take a look at yourself and make a... Oh, hey, come on over there. Take a look at yourself and make a... Some of y'all can sing. Get that falsetto. I heard falsetto over there. No, I won't do the na-na-na's, but we're all right. No, seriously, though. You want to you see a difference in the world? Start with yourself. Wake up tomorrow morning and say, God, I'm hungry for you. God, I'm thirsty for you. God, I need you. I wasn't kidding when I told you I woke up this morning. I said, God, happy Valentine's Day. Man, I love you if nobody else told you that today. There's days I wake up honest to God. I say to God, God, I apologize if anybody hurt you today. Why? Because our love should drive us to a relationship with him. And I'm not negating prayer. Prayer is one of the most powerful tools we have as a believer. But hear what I'm saying. There's a place that goes beyond prayer that goes into fellowship. Oh, boy. I'm talking a little deeper on the things of God this morning. There's a place you move from beyond prayer to into fellowship with the one who made you. The one who knit you together in your mother's womb. Come on, the one who flung the stars into place in the galaxies. The one who laid the foundations of the heavens and the earth that just spoke this thing into existence. Come on, somebody. The very one who loves you and has great plans and destiny of your life. It comes to a place where you go beyond prayer and go into fellowship with him. Amen. And oh, baby, when you've been fellowshipping with God, 
There ain't no devil that can knock you down. You start singing another song. Ain't no mountain high enough. Come on. Oh, come on, sing. Come on, we got a choir going here this morning. Ain't no river wide enough keeping me from getting to you. Jesus. Amen. Come on, somebody. We just made it legal right there. Somebody give God a mighty hand of praise. Amen. So here's Jesus in John chapter 7 and verse 37. It says, On the last day, that great day, the feast of Jesus stood out and cried out. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to when we could party again. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm looking forward to partying again. I'm talking drugs and alcohol like the world do. I'm talking about Holy Ghost party. Oh, I thought I better get an amen in the house of God. I'm not talking about your crown royal and all that nonsense. I'm talking about drinking from the well that never goes dry. I'm talking about the one you take a drink from, boy, and you better get a designated driver. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about drinking up of the well of the Holy Ghost. Oh, man, I'm talking about drinking of the Holy Ghost. That precious power that flows from Him. Oh, man. I'm talking about that precious power that flows from Him and runs right into your fiber and your mortal being. The Bible says in Romans 8, 11, that the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you, and He'll quicken your mortal body. You have life-giving force living on the inside of you. Why? Because He died to pay for it. I'm just picking up what He paid for. How about you? Oh, come on. Let me start on that stuff. I'm just picking up what He paid for. You see, because the devil will fight you like hell. It's not a swear word. I'm using it in context. Amen. The devil will fight you like hell to keep you from getting saved. And then even if you get saved, and once you get saved, he'll try and still fight you like Hades. Amen. To keep God's best back from your life. You want scripture for that? How about Moses when he kept going to Pharaoh saying, let my children go. Pharaoh said, okay, they can go. Their stuff stays. Oh, boy. They can go. The silver and the gold stays. The young men stay. The children stay, right? The livestock stay. He's like, oh, yeah, they go. But all their stuff I'm keeping. It's a picture of what the devil tries to do to the body of Christ. It's a picture of what the devil's trying to do to the body of Christ. Thank God you're saved, but he'll still try and hold back all your stuff. All the benefits. That David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his. Oh, man, all of his. So what I found out is when you get in God's presence, God's entourage comes with God. Woo, baby. Oh, what does that mean? I'm talking about the joy of the Spirit. I'm talking about peace. I'm talking about kindness. I'm talking about fruit of the Spirit. I'm talking about the stuff that shows up when God shows up. You still love me? Come on, it's Valentine's Day. You better love me. He said, on the last day, the great, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Oh, we're going to do some drinking this morning. Look at your neighbor say, we're going to do some drinking. I ain't talking about the Budweiser's. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about drinking from the well that would never go dry. Come on. I'm talking about drinking from the throne of God. I'm talking about when you get filled up on the power and the presence of God, everything in your life begins to shift. People look at your life and say, man, what's different about you? Just like her. She was watching me preach a couple weeks ago in, in Maryland. God healed her body right where she was. She came into work Monday morning and people said, man, what happened to you? Why? Because when you drink from the well that never grow dry, there's a byproduct. There's fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. 
Oh, boy. Some of y'all get that on the ride home. In other words, if you're weird, don't blame the Holy Ghost. I shouldn't have to explain my jokes. We're in the 11 a.m. crowd, are we not? They'll get it tonight at Thrive. Amen. If you're weird, don't blame the Holy Spirit. Can I help everybody out? You were weird before the Holy Spirit. You'll probably be weird long after the Holy Spirit. Amen? Don't blame the Holy Spirit for your weirdness. Tell folks, you go to church somewhere else. I don't know. No, I'm teasing. Look, the Holy Spirit isn't weird. I said, the Holy Spirit isn't weird. He's just wanting to have a relationship with you. He's wanting to move in your life. He's wanting to work his gifts in your life. He's wanting to change some things in your life. Watch this. He's wanting to must out all that nasty stuff on the inside. Push it out. So Jesus said, stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. I love how Jesus says that because what that means is it doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor. It don't matter if you're black or you're white. It don't matter, you know, what race you come from, your, your economic status, any of that type of stuff. What Jesus said is, if anyone who's thirsty, let him come to me. Anybody. That means suit and tie or shorts and a t-shirt. Come on. That means no hair and long hair. Come on, somebody. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. And what? And what? Oh, boy. Let me ask you, are you hungry and are you thirsty? I said, are you hungry and are you thirsty? So Jesus goes on to say, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of what? Out of where? Out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. You don't have a nasty lake on the inside of you or a stale, stagnant pond. You have rivers of living water on the inside of you. Stirring around right now. Mixing around. Come on, somebody. That tide is moving. The Bible says he moves like a mighty rushing wind. The Holy Spirit's moving around on the inside of you, waiting for you to speak a thing. Waiting for you to act on that thing. Waiting for you to step out in faith. Oh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. The Holy Spirit's wanting to do something, but he can't do nothing as long as you're sitting there on your blessed assurance doing nothing. Woo, baby. I don't like me preachers like that. I like his daddy better. Granddaddy better. Why? Because it's the truth. Because in America, we don't want to have to hear about our responsibility. But it goes back to, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. It goes back to, no, I'm dealing with this boy right here. God never called us to look down our religious noses as other people and look down on people and say, well, at least I'm not like them. At least I'm not as broke as them. At least I'm not as this as them. No, no, no. It's never what God called you to do. That's a self-righteous brother, and he got the boot too. Come on, somebody. What God called you to do is be a person of living water. He called you to be a person full of the Spirit, anointed of faith, saying, no, no, I'm not like everybody else, not looking down on other people. No, it's because I've been in the presence of my Savior. I've drank from the well that never goes dry. I'm thirsty, and I'm getting filled up again. God knows we live in a dry and a thirsty land, and God knows what this land needs now more than ever is some water that's going to fill them up and never go dry. called the riving water of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I wasn't expecting all that this morning. Don't worry. Religious people usually don't like me. Amen. It's okay. Now this he said about the Spirit whom those whom believed in him were to receive. Why didn't they receive it yet? Because Jesus didn't die on the cross yet. Okay, let me just help you with your theology just for a second. At this point in time, Jesus did not die on the cross yet. Therefore, they couldn't receive the Holy Spirit yet. 
The disciples actually got saved in John chapter 20. Oh, boy. When Jesus appeared to them when he rose from the grave. And he blew on them and said, receive you the gift of the Holy Spirit. How could they be saved if he didn't die for their sins yet? I, don't shout, I could teach this thing. Believe it or not, I actually have a couple of degrees. I know most people find it hard to believe, but I do. So in John chapter 20 is when they received the Holy Spirit on the inside of them is when they got saved. But then he told them, don't do anything until they receive the power from on high. There's a difference between the spirit within and the spirit upon. Whoo, baby, put your thinking caps on this morning. You know, scratch them pens out and grab some notes. John chapter 20, they receive the Holy Spirit. They get saved when he blows on them. He appears to them. Remember doubting Thomas? I don't believe unless I put my finger in it. Look, don't get me going on all that stuff. I'm going to give Thomas a Benny Hinn Holy Ghost slap when we get to heaven. Amen? <laughs> Just kidding. Just a joke. He says, but wait, don't do any ministry until you receive power from on high, until the Holy Spirit comes upon you, because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it empowers you for service to do something for him. Amen. Good? We got this so far? So now this he said about the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Amen? I got a couple of points for you. We're going to write them down. It'll help you. Number one, the Holy Spirit is in you for you and on you for others. Oh boy, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. The Holy Spirit is in you for you, but He comes upon you for others. In other words, He comes in you when you get saved. Amen? But there's a second work of grace when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and empowers you for service. He empowers you to do something. That precious gift of God, praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude says, Ed, to build yourself up in the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. You got mainline denominations. Well, we don't want anybody talking in tongues in church. I don't know about that talking in tongues things. Yeah, no wonder you got no power. Right. Woo, baby. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Yeah. Got no power because you haven't been praying in the Holy Ghost. Tongues are the gateway to miracles. I said tongues are the gateway to miracles. There's nothing weird about praying in tongues. In fact, it's the power of God. It's to edify you and build yourself up in the most holy faith. Why? So then you're empowered for service. Some of y'all wonder why you're so weak and well, I'm just busted. Da, 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 da. Why? Because what's coming out of this mouth? Instead of speaking some words in English, how about get over there in tongues? Come on, somebody. Start praying in the Holy Ghost and start saying, God, I believe you're putting something in my spirit. I believe you're downloading a message from heaven on the inside of me. God, God, I believe you're putting something greater on the inside because you want to use me by the power of your spirit this week. Because you want me to encounter some folks that need to encounter Jesus. So the Holy Spirit's in you for you, but He comes upon you for others. A couple quick examples of that. The Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes in you, in John 14, He says He'll be your comforter. He'll be your strengthener. He'll be your advocate. He'll be your intercessor. One of my favorite is, it says it in the Amplified, it says He'll be your standby power. Oh, baby. He'll be your standby power. I like the way it translates that. In other words, you realize you have standby power on the inside of you? What's it waiting for? The man in the mirror is waiting for you and I to get to work. Wow, well, Jesus just needs to save the whole world. He's not going to. Uh-oh. I knew I'd get the eyebrow raises there. What? No, 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 no. He needs people like you and I to get full of the Spirit of God and go out and represent Him well, to share the gospel with other folks. That's why the Bible says in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slow concerning His promises. Some might say, no, He's willing that none should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Folks, you and I have a job to do here. 
Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Well, he'll just save the whole world. Bless God, I'm going to heaven. No, you might as well tell other folks to go to hell. You might not be saying it with your mouth, but you're speaking it with your deeds. Woo, baby. That hurts, huh? I'm speaking to myself here now. Don't worry. I'm equal opportunity offender. Amen? I'm not here to beat you up, but what I'm here to tell you, folks, is there is a side of God where the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. There's a side of the holiness of God and the fear of God that we should have that should motivate us to want to do something for God. There is a thing called holiness. I know it's like this far forgotten term, but when I was younger, they used to preach this thing called holiness. They used to sing about holiness. Because the truth is, Jesus was the perfect balance of power and of purity. Ooh, I'll take that one from the Catalyst memes over there. Come on, somebody. I said Jesus was the perfect balance of power and of purity. Amen. Far too many folks trying to run around with power and no purity. That's right. That's right. Oh, don't shout me out I'm preaching good. Come on. Brother Bradley, I'll take that one. Amen. Far too many folks trying to run around with the power without the purity. There's got to be a perfect balance. I stood in my driveway this morning. I said, Lord, help me be balanced today with power and with purity. Coach Case, he said in his word, he said he would keep us from stumbling. He'd keep us from failing, and Peter is what he said. But it's up to us to help balance between power and between purity. You can't flow in the power and be a good representation as long as you've got sin going on in your life. It's time to drink from that well called Jesus and wash all that crud out of your life. Oh, baby, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Don't worry, I'm at peace with God. I'll lay my head down tonight. I don't care how many ugly looks I get around, how many people get offended. I'll know that I preach the truth, and I'm at peace with God. You want somebody to tickle your ears? You got the wrong guy. I'm going to tickle my own ears. Amen. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so the Spirit of the Lord is in you for you, but He's on you for others. Real quick, a couple places throughout Scripture, we see the Spirit of God came upon people to anoint them for service. How about Samson? Come on, who had failed in his life because he had great power, but no. Oh, boy, come on. I'll come over here. He had great power, but no. And old come Delilah. She was a Delilah, all right. Samson, it's Valentine's Day. Samson, I just got this new leather jacket, and it's Valentine's Day. Show me the secret to your strength. And old boy came tumbling on down. He got hair like John Mahalik, right? Just. And he says, the secret's in the locks, baby. And gives up his power. Why? Because he compromises purity. Oh, man. Oh, I got a whole thing coming on this. He compromised. He loses the thing God gave him. Why? Because he couldn't. Handle himself in the natural realm. You'll never flow well in the supernatural until you control yourself in the natural. Oh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Kyle, I'm going to come to youth and preach because you get more shouting on stuff like this than I do. Oh, Jesus, I feel the demon squealing now. Come on, somebody. Here's what I'm telling you. We need to be people that are balanced of power and purity. Amen? Samson, 3,000 Philistines, and he says, Lord, give me that power one more time. He almost stretched his hands to pillar to pillar, and the walls are going to come tumbling down in the walls. Come on. Come tumbling. I'm going to sing it all today. 
And the Bible says the Spirit of God came rushing upon Samson. And even though they plucked out his eyes, he had no more natural sight. He got, he got watch this, some supernatural insight. Because even if you can't see it in the natural, it's still working in the supernatural for your behalf. Even when you can't see his spirit upon you, it's still on you. He's still wanting to do something with you. Even when it feels like your eyes have been plucked out and you're going down for the last time, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will come rushing on you like a mighty rushing wind. And here's what I know. You just got to reach out to this pillar and reach out to this pillar, baby, and bring them walls tumbling down in Jesus' name. Why? Because the Spirit of God's in you for you, but it comes upon you for others. It comes upon you to bring down strongholds in other people's lives. I miss the same guy with a jawbone of an ass. Sorry, I read the King James Bible. Jawbone of a, a donkey. <laughs> Gone out at and ripping apart lions and bears. The Spirit of God was so strong on him. Spirit of God so strong on them. Because when Spirit of God comes on natural man, it'll cause you to do supernatural things. Why? Because then people look at your life and say, well, I won't mess with that boy. There's something different about him. It ain't just the clothes he's wearing. It ain't just the car he's driving. No, it's the Spirit of God upon your life. Because the Spirit of God's in you for you becomes upon you for others. And Samson takes those pillars with 3,000 Philistines who were the enemies of the Lord. And them walls came tumbling down, baby. Killed every last one of them. Why? Because the Spirit of God came rushing upon him. How about Abraham? 85 years old. Spirit of God comes on him. He runs the length of New Jersey in one night. I don't want to run the length of Blankley in a whole month. Come on, somebody. But at 85 years old, the Spirit of God comes upon him, Mike, and strengthens his body. He runs the length of New Jersey in one night. God knows the Spirit of God was upon him at 100 years old. Come on, somebody. He putting that Marvin Gaye on. You know anybody else having children at 100? Thank God you don't. Amen? But the Spirit of God came upon him. Because when the Spirit of God comes upon you, it empowers you. Not to be a circus or a freak show. It empowers you to do great things for God. Amen? I go on and on. David, he said, when the Spirit of God comes upon me, I feel like I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. He wasn't exactly a spring chicken when he said that either. Some of y'all get that on the ride home. No, David, the same boy that when his father, Linda, didn't even believe in him. The prophet comes to his house and says, bring out your children. Out of this house, the next king of Israel is coming. He leaves a boy out in a tent and a sheep. Talk about rejection. Your own father doesn't believe in you that much. Well, he's kind of, I don't know how else to say it. He's redheaded. <laughs> just a joke. If you're redheaded, it's just a joke. He's got freckles. He smells like sheep. I said sheep. S-H-E-E-P. Somebody get... <laughs> smells like sheep. It's kind of funny. I heard him singing with the sheep. I heard him preaching to the sheep. He's a weirdo. His own father doesn't believe in him. But the prophet says, no, no, rise and anoint him. He'll be the next king over Israel. And the Spirit of God came rushing upon that little, red-headed, freckled-looking boy. And he looks at the giant who's defying all of the armies of God. Come on, am I preaching this thing or what? Amen. Who's defying all the children of God and the nation of God. And everybody else is hiding in the corner. Oh, come on. 
This reminds me of 2020. Everybody else hiding in the corner. The boogeyman's going to get them. The Fauci ouchie's going to get them. Come on, somebody. I just kid. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. I'm full of all kinds of humor. I can't help it. I do my best to tame myself when I'm preaching, but it is what it is. <laughs> oh, man. But the Spirit of God comes upon this little boy, Chris. And he says, who is this one defying the armies of the living God? He said, and where are the armies of the living God? Come on, somebody. No, David was a man after my own heart. You know what he said? What do I get for killing him? Read your Bible. That's what it says. David says, what does the man get for slaying a giant? And he said, he gets the king's daughter. And David thought, man, I'm short. I'm redheaded, Ed. I got freckles. My old father don't believe in me. I stink like sheep. I mean, he started going down the list. I'm probably never getting a woman. Amen? <laughs> this is in your Bible. Am I telling the truth? Come on, folks. This is in your Bible. But the Spirit of God comes upon him, and out of this little boy's mouth, he said, they say, you get the king's daughter. He says, I'm in. Come on. That's like hitting the powerball for that guy. Amen? And he says, not only am I going to kill you today, I'm going to cut your head off too and put it on a platter. Is that not what he says? Because when the Spirit of God comes upon you, it's not only, it's in you for you, but it comes upon you for others. In other words, everybody else is cowering in fear. Everybody else is held back. Everybody else is, this guy's harassing us. This is going to be the end. Oh, my God, it's going to take us down. This is the end of the world. Da, 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 da. Fear, 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 fear. And fear tolerated is faith contaminated. And here's a little boy that gets full of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God comes upon him and he says, not only am I going to kill your sorry rear today, but I'm going to put your head on a platter. And then goes ahead and does it. In fact, they tried to put armor on him and the king's armor made him fall over. He couldn't even wear any armor. He was such a shrimp. And he's going to take down a 10-foot giant? Goliath's sword weighed more than he did. This is in your Bible. I'm telling you, it's a Tyler Dross version way, but it's in your Bible. And the Spirit of God comes upon him. Man. And he goes out there with a little slingshot. Y'all ever had a slingshot? Man, every time I had a slingshot when I was a kid, it was only for about five minutes. Anybody else? Not me. I won't say which brother. One of them put a golf ball in a slingshot one time. And right in the back window of my father's SUV when we were kids. Oh, man. I plead the fifth on that one. Wait, let me, what's the way I'm going to say that? I'll circle back to that. <laughs> Come on, that's good. I don't care who you are. Right through the back window of the SUV. But here's David. The Spirit of God comes upon him with them five little pebbles. And that slingshot. And, and he puts it in that thing and lets that thing go. Power right in the kisser. Perfect shot. He's like me. Amen. Perfect shot. Some of y'all get that on the way home. And that giant. And he goes over there and cuts his head off and puts it on a platter. Why? Because the Spirit of God will even sometimes speak through you and cause you to say things look like crazy to everybody else till God brings it to pass. How about the Spirit of God came upon Noah? He starts building a boat in the middle of Iraq. They never saw rain before. 
Am I telling the truth? This is the first book of your Bible, Genesis. But the Spirit of God comes upon Noah and tells him to build an ark. Build a ship like Royal Caribbean ain't even seen yet. In the middle of Iraq. And took him years and years. Well, that boy plumb crazy. I told him that homemade wine was no good for him. <laughs> that happened after he got off the ship, but that's a different story. He took a redneck vacation, amen? The Spirit of God comes upon him, and he builds this boat, this ship, this ark in the middle of the desert. And everybody's mocking him. Everybody thinks he's crazy until it starts to rain. But God always has a place of preservation for his children. And when you're obedient to the Holy Spirit, here's what I know. That God, it, it might not look like it's raining yet, but it rains coming. The floods are coming and God has a way of protecting his children. Hear me now. Protecting his house. Why? Because when you're led by the Spirit of God, it's not only on you for you, but it comes upon you for others. Amen. All right, moving quickly or I'll preach all day. Luke chapter 4, this, Jesus said, quoting Isaiah 61, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. Jesus Himself said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and anointed Him to do something. If Jesus said that, how much more you and I need to say that? If Jesus himself needed the Spirit of God to come upon him to be anointed for service, how much more do you and I need the Spirit of God each and every day in our lives? Amen? All right, I'm going to make this a quick work. Because otherwise I'll, I'll preach you till tonight's service. Amen. Number two, we need the gifts of the Spirit and the Spirit of the gifts. Woo, baby, come on, write that down. Number two, we need the gifts of the Spirit and the Spirit of gifts. It's that thing I was talking about, the, difference, the, the balance between power and purity. We need the gifts of the Spirit and the Spirit of the gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11 says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. Amen? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. In other words, God uses you by His Spirit, puts His Spirit upon you, and it allows you to use the gifts of Spirit. Why? For the profit of everybody. Right. I said, for the profit of everybody. Jesus said, anybody who comes to me and thirsts. Amen. It's for everybody. Amen. I said, it's for everybody. Amen. Shout me down when I'm preaching good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of, interpretation of tongues. Blech. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. In other words, we can access the gifts of the Holy Spirit anytime. And they're for everybody. I said they're for everybody. You know what I found out? As much as I honor these great guys of yesteryear, Dr. Price, who just went home to be with Jesus, the latest one, but honor the Oral Roberts or the Catherine Kuhlman, there are all these people who got used in the Voice of Healing revivals and all that stuff. As much as we honor these people, I'm not taking anything away from these people, but here's what I'm saying. I found out you don't have to be a religious, I'm not saying they were, but a religious elite to be used by God. God wants to use you and I. God wants to use everybody. I said everybody. All still means all. Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, English, no matter what way you say it, all still means all. Amen? Amen. 
All right, I'm going to move right along. Is that okay? So write this down. You were born of the Spirit. You are full of the Spirit, and you have the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, I want you to make that your, your confession this week. I said, I want you to make that your confession this week. Wake up and say, Lord, I thank you. I'm born of the Spirit. I'm full of the Spirit, and I have the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, most people don't know Charles Spurgeon, who was one of the great preachers of yesteryear. He used to walk back and forth for about three to four hours before he would preach at and just say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. God used me by the Holy Spirit. Just over and over and over again. Why? Because he was out of his mind? No, because what he knew something about is when you spend time fellowshipping with Jesus. The Bible tells us, Hebrews 3.11, we have a high priest over our confession. So what he was doing was confessing out of his mouth, God, I believe in you. God, I'm going to be used in you. Come on. God, I, I'm born of the Spirit. I'm full of the Spirit. I have the gifts of the Spirit. It's, it's not like a you know, wind-up doll thing. What it is, is I'm confessing out of my mouth what I desire. Amen. And I believe the Spirit's going to make it happen. Amen. I said, I'm going to believe the Spirit's going to make it happen. I know this is a lot to drink from all once, but we'll make it happen. Amen? So, real quick, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we see the gifts of the Spirit. Chapter 13, we see the Spirit of the gifts. Chapter 14, we see the governance of the gifts in the church. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 3. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love. Uh-oh. Come on, Valentine's Day. Faith works by love. I said faith works by love. Though I have, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. All right. I'm going to give you the Tyler Dross version. You ready for it? Y'all ever seen Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> Raise a hand. Anybody ever seen Dumb and Dumber? I knew in this crowd we did. Come on, somebody. I asked the 9 a.m. crowd one time. They all stared at me like, you know, I was the dumb and the dumber. Amen? <laughs> Y'all ever seen Dumb and Dumber when they're in the van? With the mafia guy? No, I was not in the van with the mafia guy. They were in a van with a mafia guy going from Rhode Island. Remember? To where? A little place called Aspen. <laughs> which they thought was warm and turned out is in Colorado. <laughs> Y'all remember this? Rod. And he said, what's the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> While they're driving down the thing. And the guy from the mafia is like, had it. And the two of these guys, dumb. And dumber. Just keep making this sound. Do you remember this? Come on. They're, they're riding in the in the, the 72 sheepdog. Remember? A police officer says, that was a 72 sheepdog. Pulls over. He says, pull over. It's a cardigan. Thanks for asking. <laughs> you know what you sound like when you flow into gifts without love? Now, it sounds funny, but I use that to make a point. I can't stand people, well, I flow in the gifts of God, and they're arrogant. The gifts of God are never to be used in a look at me, prideful, puffed up way. Can I tell you that? that that's prideful, arrogant Christianity, and ain't nobody got time for that. Amen. Oh, I know. I offend them all at once. But it's true. If you remember nothing from this sermon, you'll remember God 
when I'm flowing the gifts, don't let me sound like the guy from Dumb and Dumber. Don't make me go sea bass on you. Come on, somebody. Sea bass said that? Oh, man, I could go all day with those video movies. We've got to get moving. I know that sounds funny, but it's true. I said, I know it sounds funny, but it's true. We need to be people who are moved by the love of God because faith works by love. Amen. Amen. Become a sounding brass clanging symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods and feed the poor and give my body to be burned, have not love, it profits me absolutely. 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 Number three, real quick. Everywhere you go this week is somewhere Jesus wants to be. I'm pretty witty when I I spend some time. Everywhere you go this week is somewhere Jesus wants to be. Well, I I just wish Jesus would... God, I wish he would either save my boss or damn him to hell, but do something with him. (laughs) No. Everywhere you go this week is somebody Jesus wants to encounter. You ever think you're in that workplace because that boss needs Jesus and you're the only Jesus he's going to experience? She's going to experience. Do you ever think that coworker you can't stand, the only flesh that they're ever going to see of Jesus is going to be you? Oh, man. May we be people that are, have a realization of the Holy Spirit upon our lives and say, Lord, help me be a good witness. Jesus, help me remember that people I encounter this week, that I might be the only representation of you they ever encounter. I might be the only Bible they ever encounter. I might be the, you understand, you're you're God's hands and feet in the earth. The Bible says he's the head of the church, but we're the hands and the feet. Help me, Lord. Help me, God, to be a good witness. I told Nate as we drove up the highway last night, I said, Nate, there's one thing I want more than anything. He said, what is it? I said, Nate, I want to be found faithful. That's all I want. You ask my wife, you ask my kids, you ask my family, my granddad, anybody. All I want is to be found faithful. I might look differently, I might sound differently, I might, you know, whatever. I just want to look in the eyes of my Savior one day and be found faithful. I want to, yeah, Matthew 23, not that, you know, well, the one guy got the one get buried in the ground. Yeah, he didn't end so well for him. Lord, I want to do well for you in the earth. I want to represent you well. Do I hit it all the time? Absolutely not, neither do you. Let's start with the man in the mirror. Don't let me go back to the top of this thing. Lord, help me represent you well in the earth, in my workplace. Business people, Lord, I give you my business. Watch this. I'm, I'm, some of you business people, I'll, give you, I'll help you get the best year you've ever had. Lord, I give you my business. Use my business as you see fit by the power of the Holy Spirit. I promise you, you'll have the best year in business you ever had. Am I telling the truth? I'm telling you. Why? Because you dedicated that thing to God. And you've made it a point and a purpose to that business. Yeah, that's what funds your means and helps other people and pays people. And that's wonderful. But you made it a point to represent God with your business. You made it a point to represent God with your work. You made it a point to represent God. Watch this in your family. How many people, their family needs Jesus? Hold on, shout me down. I'm preaching good. Chris, they look at their mom and dad and say, man, there's something different in their lives. They're totally different than they were before. Why? Because now you're representing Christ. People can visibly see a change in your life. 
I had a Jewish kid I went to school with walk up to me at Wegmans. He said, I've watched you for years. I thought, oh, Jesus. <laughs> it is good. It turned out to be good. You never know. Amen? Turned out to be good. He said, I've watched you for years. He said, I know we don't believe the same way, but there's definitely a God in heaven. Pretty good for a Jew. I said, oh, yeah, what makes you sell that? He said, because I've watched you for years, and you're not the same person you were before. He said, you were pretty rough before. I said, I still am. They just polished me up a little bit. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> he said, there's no way you're the same person you were before. You see, because when you live your life on mission, hear what I'm saying. It's not that you have to be some circus freak show, some prideful, arrogant, look at me thing. It's people will look at your life and know there's a difference in your life. It's you'll come to work healed when you were sick on Friday and people say, where did you go? Did Dr. Spock do that for you? Or whoever? What did they call Oprah, Dr. Phil, I don't even know who's on anymore. We got, I don't even have TV. We got rid of TV like four or five years ago. Waste of money. And mental space in my head. That's for free. Everywhere you go this week is somewhere Jesus wants to be. And watch this. Unless you go and represent him there, he's not there, Ed. Oh, boy. I know. I'm going to step on like every theological thing I can today. I'm almost done. Worship team, you can come back. I'm going to start wrapping this up before they uh, skin me in the streets. Amen? No, I'm teasing. <laughs> oh, man. Let me get my Mrs. Doubtfire on. Amen. So everywhere you go this week, somewhere Jesus wants to be. Why would Jesus give his spirit on this earth? You ever ask that question? Jesus, why? God, why, why would you give your son? Truthfully, some days I, I look at, can I just be honest? I look at people and say, God, why? I'm not judging. I'm just, I don't know what it is. I'm just, Lord, why? Lord, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Why would you die for me? Why would you die for me? I don't have such a high view of myself that I'm, well, God, it's God's responsibility to die for me. You're puffed up and prideful. It's a humility thing, man. It's a thing out of grace and thanking God that he did it for you. Watch this. You wouldn't even be saved if somebody didn't represent Jesus to you. Amen. Amen. Oh, boy, don't shout me down. Me and my brother here in the front row. We'll preach it up and thrive. Amen. <laughs> you wouldn't even be saved if somebody didn't represent Jesus for you. Well, I got saved watching Billy Graham. Yeah, well, Billy Graham didn't represent Jesus. How would you have gotten saved? I thank God. Believe it or not, our family is kind of rough back in the day. Thank God my grandfather got saved. Amen? He was the first. Had it not been for him, our family would be going to hell in a handbasket and doing a good job at it. But because one person got saved, watch this, his father got saved. And their family got saved. And my grandmother, her family, I'm from northern Maine. Amen? They called up the county, Aroostook County, from some of y'all don't know that. God saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And watch this. Now here we are generations later. Why? Because somebody represented Jesus well. God needs you to represent Jesus well wherever you go. Now look. Some folks have a cooler calling than others. Like Brother Ed here, man. They get to ride Harleys and represent Jesus well. And I'm like, I want to get on board with that. Amen? Now, if God called you to ride a moped and represent Jesus, good luck. Amen? <laughs> That's cool. 
When you got a ministry like they have, the Christian Motorcycle Association, appreciate these guys. But I mean, folks getting saved all over the place. Big biker dudes. Tattoos and gauges and all this stuff. Some of our preachers have tattoos too. Guilty as charged, amen. But a ministry out, meeting people at their point of need. Why? Because while we're yet sinners is when Christ died for us. Because Ed's got a wild testimony. Hey, man, should have been dead. And I'm just picking on him because I know I can. I know we all have a testimony, but here's the thing. The Bible says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. You need to represent God well wherever you are this week. Right. Amen. Amen? Amen? Real quick, number four. This cannot be purchased. It's of grace. Oh, boy. Don't shout me now when I'm preaching good. This cannot be purchased. It's of grace. Amen? You guys can play something behind me. I didn't just bring you up to look pretty. Amen? <laughs> Though you guys do look pretty. Amen? All the single ladies. There's a bunch of single guys. No, I'm teasing. It's Valentine's Day. It's worth a try. Amen? I think that was Kyle who just whistled. Amen. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> you don't have fun in church. What do you got? Come on, somebody. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. If you can't laugh and have a good time, you're going to struggle your whole life, man. You might as well laugh and enjoy it. And I've had more people tell me, oh, you got to be careful. Honesdale such a depressed area. It's so dark. It's so... I said, it was depressed and I came. I'm the happiest person I know. I thought, nonetheless, I'll just tell some good jokes and we'll have a good time. We'll lift that depression right off. It's impossible to stay depressed if you start laughing. You feel depression come on you? Put Dumb and Dumber in. I don't know what to tell you. Put something that's going to make you laugh and elevate your spirit. I promise you, you begin to laugh and the Bible says, laughter is like medicine. A merry heart doeth good. Don't get me going on that joy stuff. Like a Gatling gun gone off, we'll all be laughing. Amen? <laughs> Acts chapter 8, verse 18 through 23. And when Simon saw that through the laying on the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered the money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone of whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money will perish with you. Ho! Shout me now when I'm preaching good. Because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps he thought of your heart, may be forgiven of you. For I see that you're poisoned by bitterness and bound with iniquity. You don't buy the Holy Ghost. So you don't buy the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost ain't for poor people. He ain't for rich people. He's not for black people. He's not for white people. The Holy Ghost is for people that come to God and say, God, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty and I need you. I need you, Lord. While I was yet a sinner, Christ is when you died for me, but I need your precious Holy Spirit. I wake up every day and I tell the Lord, give me the Holy Ghost. If not, I'm no good to anybody today. Oh, boy. Now, that might sound whatever. It's true. I said, it's true. Amen. Number five, I'm going to leave off with this today because i got to preach tonight. I'm going to get some food in between. Amen? I don't only came spiritually hungry at church. I'm physically hungry too. Amen? 
Boy, was I glad. Mike, they wanted to go to Ruth Chris, and thank God there was no reservations available. Amen? Pizza and wings it was. Come on, somebody. No, I'm teasing. Number five. Seriously. It's my privilege to eagerly desire the gifts so I can be a gift. Oh, man. <laughs> it's my privilege, Ron, to eagerly desire the gifts so I can be a gift. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Anyone who's thirsty, come to me and he'll be filled. Are you thirsty? Are you hungry? Here's the thing. We need to eagerly desire these things so we can be a gift to this world. So we can be a demonstration to a generation that doesn't know them. It's not about young people, old people, this, that, and the other. No, no. God has a purpose and a mission and a destiny for everybody. My grandfather preached this morning. He's 90. He's, got three, he's through three quarters of his life. Some of y'all get down the way home. Pushing them on that 120 thing. Why? Because he's got work to do. Because at 90 years old, he's still preaching every Wednesday night. Preach this morning. Why? Because he's got work to do. Somebody said to me recently, I said, your family doesn't retire. I said, clearly, you retire in our profession, you go to heaven. Uh-oh. Most preachers who retire, Chris, live 12 months after they retire. Oh, this boy, I'm going to preach till the old people are calling me old, if Jesus should tarry. They've been wondering how they're going to get rid of me, amen? I just turned 30. Hard to believe, I know. Young and handsome as ever. Full of fire, Ed. You know what? I eagerly desire the gifts of God every day of my life. I sat on my bed and talked to a young man the other night. I called his wife out in a meeting who had a lump in her breast. She's in her 20s. I said, obviously, I'm not going to lay hands on your breast. Amen? I'm not that kind of preacher. Amen, somebody. I said, but here's what I know. I don't, I don't know that's what you're dealing with, but the Holy Spirit knows. I said, the Holy Spirit wouldn't reveal to me that you're struggling with that if he wasn't going to heal you. Just like that, Lord, Amy melted that right off of her. I've watched the Holy Spirit, Ed, since the beginning of this year. I mean, we're, what, six weeks into this year? I've watched them open deaf ears. I've watched them open blind eyes. I can't even count how many people with cancer that don't have cancer anymore. I've seen them heal multiple people from the Rona. Without the Fauci ouchie. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Look, you want to get a vaccine, that's cool. Vaccine, no vaccine, that's up to you. Mask, no mask, that's up to you. I felt bad. A girl cut my hair yesterday. Ed, she had three masks on. I told the truth. I said, how do you breathe in that thing? Me? I got these big old Dumbo ears, right? So I try and wear a mask like that one. Boom goes the straps every time. We were, we were in a mall in New Jersey a couple weeks ago. I lost three masks within three stores. I know it was a user error, amen? So I got that thing now that they, uh, I don't know what it's called. It goes over your neck and they pull it up and over. Pull it up and over. Pull it up, you know what I mean? That's kind of cool. Oh. Tree mass. I thought, man, if you could breathe like that, good. I couldn't. And I got a big mouth, amen? Some big old nostrils too. 
<laughs> Look, here's what I know. More than anything, I desire to see God move. I said, Nate, you know why I like seeing folks blessed? Because I hate seeing people struggle. It's not a prosperity look at me thing. It's a, I hate seeing people struggle. I said to Nate last night, I said, you know what? I'm believing God for a couple things. This is one of them. I said, because if God does this, does this, I can do that. I earnestly desire, Ed, for God to do it. Because I know if God does it in me, then he'll do it through me. I know if God puts that blessing upon me, puts that mantle upon me, puts that thing upon me, then I can shift and change some things. Guys like Dr. Price, first African-American on television preaching, 141 stations. At that time, TV was $30,000 an hour per episode. Come out of the ghetto of Los Angeles. That thing was paid for and paid in advance. Why? Because God put that anointing on his life. Sat in the back office a couple years ago. Remember when Billy Blank was here? You know Billy Blank from Tybo? He invented Tybo. Billy, we sat there in the back office, man. was talking about Dr. Price. That's why, how he got saved. Because Dr. Price represented Jesus. And Billy said, most people don't know. I won't tell you the whole testimony. But he said, I grew up not knowing how to read or write. Totally illiterate in an African-American community. He said, I heard this Dr. Price guy preaching, man, about how what faith can do. How the Holy Spirit will be your teacher. How even if you don't have the background or the knowledge or the degrees, the Holy Spirit will teach you and take you into that thing. If you just have faith to believe God. He said, I find out that church was two blocks from my home in the ghetto of Los Angeles. He said, I went to Crenshaw Christian Center after watching ever-increasing faith. He said, Dr. Price began to teach power of the Holy Ghost and faith and just believe in God. He said, I only know my wife said, I'm going to give that guy a million dollars. She said, we can't write a check for a hundred. You're crazy. Oh boy. Faith don't operate by how you feel. Don't operate by what you see. Look, if you earnestly desire the gift, God will use you to be a gift. Yes. Billy Blank could have said, well, I can't read. I can't write. I'm not educated. I come out of the ghetto. All I'm going to do is like everybody else, pushing drugs, murdering my brothers, all this stuff. But instead, the word of God got on the inside of him and faith arose and caused him to believe. Come on, somebody. Because when you earnestly desire something and believe something with your whole heart, I'm telling you, it's the law of attraction. But what I'm telling you is faith begins to work on the inside of the Holy Spirit, that riving liver of river, river of living water on the inside begins to swell. And then watch this, Ed, the fight, the fight spirit comes back. Wait a minute, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am going to beat this. I am coming up. And you begin how the faith begins to work on the inside. And faith and the Holy Spirit come together. And you earnestly desire to see people get saved. And you earnestly desire for God to use you. And you earnestly desire. Look, I never wanted to be a preacher. I'm still not sure I want to be one. Amen? Amen. <laughs> I was, believe it or not, I was afraid of public speaking. <sighs> Until I got in a meeting and with a bunch of faith people and... Washington, D.C., never been the same ever since. <laughs> Billy Blank said, man, he said, I, I didn't have the wherewithal or the know-withal. I just told my wife, I'm going to write that million-dollar check. The Holy Spirit's going to do it. Now, that might, not be, that might be too much for you, but that's his story. He said, then the Holy Spirit gave him in a dream a little thing called Tybo. Tybo was big time. 
Still is big time. That man went from the ghetto of not being able to read and write to training people like J-Lo, A-Rod, all these famous people. And watch this. He told, he told me this. He said, you know what I told all these folks, Ed? They said, man, where did you come up with this concept? Where? He said, the Holy Spirit showed me. He said, I got it by faith. He stood right here a couple years ago and preached that thing. It's a friend of this house. Now, why do I tell you that? Because here's what I want you to do. I want you to earnestly desire the Holy Spirit in your life and upon your life so you could be a blessing to your generation. It's not a look at me, put this thing on me, type it. No, no, it's a God. I earnestly desire you, the gifts of you, whatever it might be, the blessing of God, whatever it might be, that you can wrap your little, can I say it, mind around. Because the Bible says to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask, imagine, or think according to His Spirit that's at work within you. So when are you going to start imagining and asking and thinking and believing God that he's going to do it through you? God, I earnestly desire you. I earnestly desire the gifts of you. God, I desire to be using you. God, I want to be found faithful more than anything. So I can be a blessing in my generation. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.